Do you crave meaningful conversations with people of different backgrounds and perspectives? Do you admire certain people from afar but wish you can get to know them on a deeper level? Thankfully, we live in an incredible age where long-form conversation allows us to connect with those who inspire us beyond the often manufactured sound bites, small talk, and social media posts we are bombarded with on a daily basis. This is a podcast that seeks to provide you, our listeners, with refreshing content from a variety of inspiring guests, a place where we can truly hear their stories. I'm Karen Corrin, and welcome to Soul Sessions with KK. Hey everyone, this is a very special episode. I haven't done an episode like this since maybe eight months ago, and this episode is featuring my husband, Benjamin Corrin. Hello there. Hello, welcome to Soul Sessions with KK and BK. Wow, I finally made it. I'm on KK's podcast. So I wanted to have my husband, Ben, on the show because I think it's time for you guys to get to know him a little bit more and to know more about our views on certain topics. And let's talk about Hanukkah because it is Hanukkah currently. Ben, let's talk about Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah to you. (laughs) Yes. Well, actually, we were talking about what should we name these episodes because it's not like a regular podcast. Um, so I think maybe Soul Sessions with BK. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll put you back off of your title. Okay. Um, yeah, Hanukkah, um, I think is, it's my favorite holiday. Mine um, too. Mainly because I don't have to do anything besides eat donuts and, you know, uh, have a good time. Meanwhile, you're not even eating donuts, yeah, Ben. Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll get, talk about that later. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, it's like, um... I think Hanukkah is just a very special holiday. Um, obviously, we're competing with like the, um, you know, Rolls Royce of holidays, which is Christmas. You know, we how do we, how do we compete with all these trees and lights? But we make our own lights, and I think ours has so much meaning. Um, just historically, um, I think the beauty of Hanukkah is that, you know, we defeated the. Hellenist Roman um, Greeks and their culture who were they were we were basically assimilated or they were trying to assimilate us as much as possible and we weren't allowed to you know keep Shabbat they were trying to prepare Greek Milah and we defeated them and we're still here and now all the Greeks have left is like John Stamos and Greek salad so we've pretty much left our stamp on the world and that's what they have left but really obviously I'm, I'm kidding um Basically, we owe a lot. We owe almost everything to uh, the Greeks because the Greeks really taught us how to think outside the box in many ways. Because of our um, dealings with the Greeks and because we were part of that culture, I I believe that even like Talmudic study was elevated by Greco-Roman thinking in terms of like um, the Socratic method, you know, like answering questions with more questions and just the style of logical thinking, logical reasoning we got from Aristotle and Socrates and all them. So to me, I think we owe a a large debt of gratitude and obviously God... um, That's a bold statement. It's a bold statement. No, but not really. I mean, I don't think Judaism was ever, um, you know, it never really developed in a vacuum. It was always 
it was always um, connected to other cultures and look at you know the Babylonian period the Persian period um, we benefited a lot and we also you know adopted a lot of the culture of the right you know, it's just natural that's going to happen just like there's a Jews today were very Americanized and we adopt a lot of things from America and obviously American culture is there's many great things about right. American culture probably you know you can argue that America is the greatest country in history and the founding fathers of America were arguably the greatest people who ever lived uh, you know they they are fulfilling biblical prophecy in a way because they learned from the mistakes of um the 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 kingdom of Israel which really failed it was a failure Mm-hmm. Um, the prophet Shmuel warned us about, you know, why this is actually not going to work out. Uh, but suit yourself. You want to have this um, malchut. You want to have a kingdom. But here are the problems that are going to happen. And for the most part, we had bad kings and corruption. And eventually it's about the end of, you know, the, the Israelite nation or the, or the, na- the country of Israel. At the time, and, is it because uh, we assimilated and we were adopting yeah. practices from all these other empires and well, cultures? Yeah, but it was also like kind of doomed from the start. After, after uh, um, Shlomo Melech, King Solomon, his two sons, um, you know, they they had a, there was a civil war and the, the nation split. But we're obviously getting to a different topic here. Yeah. But I just think that uh, um, for me, I was actually talking about this with Rabbi Maruf, and we have like a chat, and we were talking about like. Who were the greatest? Who was the greatest leader in world history outside of Jewish leaders? Obviously, Moshe. And we were saying, like, is it George Washington? Is it, you know, um, Cyrus the Great? And the conclusion was that you know the the forefathers of America, the founding fathers of America, actually used, um, you know, Judeo Christian, or well, more Judeo actually, yeah, um, like Judaic philosophy and and kind of, you know, biblical influence to create America as we know it and, and the Constitution and all these things. So um, I think that, you know, it's, they're very underrated because think about it. They left, they were basically against the British monarchy. So they didn't allow monarchy to come into this country. They, didn't, they, they tried to keep, they kept the church out. Right. Jesus is not really... Um, mentioned anywhere it's all about God 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 and what they re- they really tried to do if you look into the lives of Benjamin Franklin and all the founding fathers that was very much um, it was very much influenced by Judaism their their ideas and um, we're very blessed to live in such a country I know that today people yeah what do you do you think those ideals are true today yeah because listen people will say that America is you know, the founding fathers, they want to destroy history. They want to destroy all the statues of people in the past. And I can hear the argument for, like, the South, you know, like, let's say the Southerners who fought against the Northerners. And, and um, you know, I understand why people would be against, like, that part of it. Um, but even so, like, I don't believe in erasing history because you have to learn from history, whether good yeah. or bad. But, for example, say Thomas Jefferson was a slave owner. George Washington was a slave owner. And although they, you know, taught this idea that all men are created equal, yet it didn't seem like they were practicing it. What they did was they set the groundwork for eventually, within 100 years, for the freeing of slaves. So although, you know, a, a million people died in the Civil War, 
and the result was freeing the slaves. We were the first nation to actually end slavery. Even in the Torah, there was slavery, right. and that was it was legal. So <clears throat> to this day, there's still slavery in certain places, and America is really also the first nation to abolish it. So, and there was white people who did it, and not to say that they're without sin. Obviously, there was there's a dark history with everything. Um, but, right. Yeah. So I I just think that. Uh, if we talk about Hellenistic culture and what we what we see today, which is America as you know a result of originally a result of that that culture, um, I think there's a lot of positives that came out of it. But the risk, you know, the the risk of completely immersing yourself into that kind of culture, right, is that. You know, you lose your you lose your religion, and we see in America there's a huge. I don't know the numbers, but I think it's. I would assume something around eighty percent assimilation rate. So that's always the risk. I mean, it it does also explain why there are certain sects of Jews who completely, you know, they um, isolate themselves from the greater society because they don't want to be influenced by the bad, the bad stuff. Right. And and then what, the, listen, the bad stuff will be there. They're, they have their share of problems too, so I don't think you can avoid it. I understand it in some ways, in some ways I don't. But um, <clears throat> that's always been an issue, obviously. Right. The um, challenge is to filter the... out like what's what's actually good and what we can benefit from, and yeah. finding what a, is finding yeah. a balance. And uh, so the interesting thing about you know Hanukkah is that the the mention that we focus on it's the festival of lights and lighting the candles because we all know the story right um, that the gemara brings down that um you know the they needed they found oil um that lasted for eight days now the question is why did they need the oil to last for eight days what was the significance exactly nobody talks about that people that. don't talk about it no people do talk about it just the average jew isn't really taught this i don't think there's anything wrong with it but really when the Jews temporarily lost the Beit HaMikdash, lost the temple, um, and it was desecrated, um, they, you know, they once they recaptured it and they were able to, um, you know, clean things up and get it back together, they missed out on the holiday of Sukkot, mm-hmm. and they missed out on Shemini Atzeret, so that's eight days. So this was kind of a tribute this was meant as a tribute. It didn't so, happen during no, Sukkot. No, it didn't happen during it was... Sukkot. It happened now, obviously, this time of year. Right. But it was it was done as a commemoration. And, and um, you know, the, the, the focus on the lights, the miracle of the lights, is not mentioned anywhere in the Mishnah. It's not mentioned hmm. um, in the book of the Maccabees, one, hmm. Maccabees 1 or 2, which are not, um, they're not um, in, in the ca- canon. biblical canon. They are in the ap- Apocrypha. Um <clears throat> Basically, for those of you who don't know, it's just books that were never accepted um, by you know the rabbis as official um, documents, but they were like the Dead Sea Scrolls are part of yeah, the apocrypha. Yeah, that you're that's, talking that's, about. that's yes, that's that's part of it. But there are other books as also like the Book of Hanoch, Enoch. But whereas the Christians, let's say, did accept it into their canon, we we didn't. Um, for Very interesting. Reason. But. Anyway, it's it's yeah. It's not so important, but the the thing is, it's it wasn't like it wasn't ever mentioned there. So, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. It just wasn't highlighted, um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that um, what what the meaning of the holiday became over time 
where it became more of a focus on man's accomplishments and and <clears throat> the Maccabees and their you know what they accomplished on you know militarily and through their own might and they weren't necessarily associated with like the religious aspect of mm. of, of um, society. So and how to become the miracle of well, life? Well, also just it's important to note that the the descendants of the Maccabees became very corrupt, and they're they nobody they, they talks ma- about that. Well, they mass well, they, people do. Again, it's not something that we learn about because we don't learn the book of the Maccabees, and we don't learn right. We're, we're not so focused on this part of history. You know, we don't learn so much about like the dark side of history. We don't learn so much about Shabtai Tzvi and all these things. It's important to learn about these things. So I'm not going to give you a, a history lesson because I'm not a historian, but you know, I dabble a little bit. And he actually is. <laughs> no, I'm really not. I'm really, I know, really I know. not. But but you know, I'm very interested in these things. I like watching like documentaries or reading <clears throat> books about it. But I'm definitely an amateur. Um, you you love have, history. You, you can have Rabbi Maruf on, you know, again to discuss these kind of things. Yeah. So uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to take a sip of tea because my voice is getting sore he doesn't want his voice to turn out like mine <laughs> yeah when you talk too much unfortunately that's what happens <laughs> so um what was i saying okay so how yeah. did this holiday become about the miracle of oil and the festival of lights why did it turn into well, I that think, i think the rabbis rightfully so shifted the focus to onto um you know god's hand and everything because it's a very, it's almost like a very uh, Hellenistic thing to kind of, you know, celebrate. We're celebrating a holiday. How can you celebrate a holiday and not focus on God's hand in it? You know, the military victory even. It's, it's, there's God's hand in it. So I think that the focus was just shifted. It doesn't mean that it, that didn't happen. It, it, of course, there was enough oil to last for eight days. That is a true story. But the focus of it you know, started shifting that way because I think the rabbis also in their foresight understood that that's what we should really be. That's that's the essence of the holiday. But you do learn that the Maccabees were small in number and it was their victory was miraculous right. because they were defeating a huge, huge army. Yeah. So that's what they focused and on they too. they held them off for, for, for a while. And that it wasn't just a physical victory, Ben. You know, it was actually yeah. like a spiritual victory because it wasn't like... It wasn't a normal thing. Well, they were fighting for Jewish identity, the survival of Jewish identity. So whether you considered it religious, not religious, obviously they were religious, but it could be, I mean, I'm just speculating that because their descendants were, you know, um, unfortunately they, you know, they were, they were, they were Kohanim and um, unfortunately their descendants became corrupt and they, became they made themselves into like king priests and obviously we don't in judaism we have you know three bodies of government right um for a reason it's a checks and balance system and you're not one group is not supposed to usurp the other's power right we have the kings the prophets and the priests well the yeah well the judges right the judges the prophets are like the liaisons and the kind of they're like the media if you think about it Except they're the honest media, not not the fake news media, <laughs> but they're they're kind of like the watchdog, making sure all these three bodies are doing their jobs. Um, I mean, not so, now, but yeah. How so it pre- was so so obviously you know that wasn't a good thing, and the priesthood was, you know, the 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 spiritual um, center of of Judaism. All of our 
you know, a lot of our commandments have to do with... You know, or the ritualistic side of Judaism, you think, comes yeah, from no, well, uh, No, it does. Um, and I think it was just like from a polemical point of view, meaning wh what were the ancients doing and what, did the Ju what was the priesthood doing in Judaism that differed from what the ancients were doing? Like, for example, we see that there were priests of the ancient world. Yitro was a priest. Right. Right? And then, you know, we see that there were, there were priests... Um, like for example, in Abraham's time, in Abraham's time, Melchizedek. Right. So that that's a famous priest, and Melchizedek actually, a lot of the rabbis um, bring down the idea that Melchizedek is actually um, Shem, right? Who who was who they say you know there's a yeshiva Shem ever. That's kind of how this like this story kind of came about, because it seems as if from the text that he's um, you know praising Hashem and he knows of Hashem but actually um, <clears throat> he, he's talking about El Elyon and that's actually what we know that's one of the names of God the God of Most High it's one of Hashem's names but actually um, we have there's artifactual evidence that El Elyon was actually the name of one of the ancient gods of, of uh, the pagan world mm -hmm. in that time in, in, uh, in that part of the world interesting in, in Canaan Interesting. So, yeah. So basically, um, that El Elyon, um, actually, when Avraham was having a conversation with him and he said, um, praise to El Elyon, Avraham said, Hashem El Elyon. Hashem, is the, Hashem is the one of most times. He's actually teaching this man that, that uh, um, you know, who is the true God and everything like that. So that's just a random side note, but the priesthood in Judaism is very important because... What the ancients, what they would do, all the priests would basically always be associated with the dead. And who, why would they be associated with the dead? Because the people who are the most vulnerable, they usually go to like these seers and right. fortune tellers. Psychic and these Yeah, those people. kind of people who, who usually take advantage of people and they're weak. And people always, obviously, they want to connect to the dead. They want to connect to their father and grandfather who passed. Or when there were kings who would go to the, to the priests to the oracles and, and ask them like can can Zeus you know or whoever, whatever person who died or God who died one of their gods who died like can they do they approve of us going to war everything every move they made had to do with the dead and Judaism comes along and says not only will our priests you know n not do that we're going to create all these checks and balances but they they're not even allowed to they're forbidden to even touch the dead mm -hmm. if there's tum'ah right right so they created a, a fence around that to to prevent any corruption from happening right they took all these things like they can't even own land because why those people always become wealthy yeah and, but here we, they can't take advantage of people they can only live off of the tithings you know like the 10 percent of, of what, so that there's what no corruption them. there's no corruption and then they, they had to live you know like in their own basically part of the city and like there was there was a checks and balance system yeah. set up. And ultimately we see that at the end with the Maccabees that ended up failing and corruption ended up happening for many, many reasons. Um so so to me it's very important to understand the whole context of it. But I think that there were obviously there were heroes, the early Maccabees, yeah, the Maccabee and um we owe our survival possibly to to this you know the battles that they fought and what they stood for and they they stood for fighting for our rights you know when they were banning uh, the the, the, the Mila, 
and Shabbat and all these things, like, we, we still fight for that today. <clears throat> right. I just so. feel like the focus of most Jewish holidays, what the original intention of the Jewish holiday is not what's generally um, practiced today amongst, you know, many, many Jews. I think the majority of Jewish holidays, especially like one like Hanukkah, mm -hmm. is celebrated with obviously food, the special foods and gifts retail therapy i think that that's so much more of the focus on the holiday yeah. like it's very hellenistic basically it's very hellenistic it's like the yeah. holiday is all about being against hellenism but yet we're celebrating with hellenism which is ironic so so yes it's ironic but at the same time i find it to be like a nice it's a nice thing because we don't have other holidays that are like that don't and, get me wrong i not, love it, it no it's not <laughs> and it's not and it's basically saying that judaism doesn't shun other other um ideas we're, we're right. very open to other ideas and we're not against many aspects of hellenism we can but we just have a line that we don't cross right and i think that's you know the boundaries are very important so um i don't think i think it's a celebration of of both cultures being able to work together wow that's beautiful i actually never yeah. like heard that before and judaism has always been open to you know, like 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 I, like i said before you know we adopted the the calendar of of the Persians, right? All the all the the right, days. The, we, the, the Torah says month one, month two, month up till twelve. Right. And obviously, and and uh, we learned from from the Babylonian Persians. And that, I'm learning a lot from you. No, no, no but we learned from them like like Tammuz is is Damuza. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a it's a god of of their you know of the ancient uh, Persians. And, Guys, uh, should we just call Benjamin Professor Ben Corian? No, 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 no. I'm not a pro <laughs> really not. I'm actually. Like, I sound, probably sound, anyone with actual knowledge will will think I'm an idiot. But um, and please call me out not because I don't claim to know any of this stuff. I'm just I'm passionate about it. I find it interesting. Um, but anyway, th I think that like we're even like the great thinkers. There's rabbis in the Talmud, for example, who um, understood unbelievable things that we like scientists today came to the same conclusion that let's say the distance from the earth to the moon and the number is so close now does that mean that they had some type of ruach hakodesh no but it, when it comes when it's outside the realm of torah it's from knowledge of it's it's secular knowledge so there were and then there were rabbis in the you know recording the talmud who had scientific beliefs that have been disproved right so the point is is that they're you know they were both following different scientific views of the time and both were recorded, and we see one that actually stood the test of time, and one didn't. But we were never afraid to, you know, right. get involved in that kind of thinking. Well, uh, speaking of science, Ben, yeah, let's change the topic a little bit. Sure. Um, if you guys want to know more about history, Jewish history, and Hanukkah and the holidays, you not can... me. <laughs> no, Rabbi Maruf. You can talk to Rabbi Maruf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And have a conversation with Ben if you want about it. Yeah. Um. But speaking of science, so right now, thank God we've reached a point of this pandemic where we're seeing a little bit of light, you know, it's a miracle of light, it's Hanukkah, that they came out with a vaccine and now most hospital workers and people who work in the medical field are now getting yes. the first run of this vaccine. So mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of controversy around this vaccine because there are people who are vehemently against it and then there's people who are 
very, very pro the vaccine and they're like basically putting a gun to your head like you must take this vaccine. Nobody could put a gun to your head to take it back. I don't think, I mean, if that I ever know happens. That. And that, I know that, but it just feels yeah. like now there's this new war that people are fighting about. The vaccine. Now, like two months ago was about the masks. Now I feel like it's about the vaccines. Yeah, but everything is so polarized. Everything. Know, like, even like, oh, were the, or the, did the, were the votes real? Or were they not real? <laughs> or, so like, I don't, like right now, I'm not going to get into the extreme views, but most people understand that you know a vaccine isn't a cure-all right. it's just a way to obviously we had the flu for the last 75 years it hasn't gone away but, exactly but it's been we saved you know millions and millions of lives and yeah. and it's still effective but obviously i don't know how, what the exact numbers are but i think it's like it covers like the flu shot covers like four strains and right out of, and there's 12 but I don't know which ones mutate you know, more severely, which ones are, are weaker, but the same thing goes with like COVID. Obviously, this is the first test, and I they're saying so far there aren't real side effects. A few people, there's some anecdotal evidence that um, you know some people have had severe allergic reactions, but when you go to the doctor and they put you on medication, they'll usually tell you if you see if you have any you know allergic reaction, you know let it or call us or whatever right. call the emergency room or like every pill you take really has to that has a warning you know yeah. with it so um it really all depends no one's putting a gun to your head about taking this but do your research if you feel more comfortable i say wait you know a few months see how people are reacting to it and um i think that it's definitely a good thing and again we're very i look at it i'm i think it's a blessing that instead of looking at things the glass have empty we're very blessed that, like, you know, God forbid it should happen, but, like, our children, thank God, are safe. And yeah. the younger generation is safe. Could have been much worse. And I don't. I hope that it never mutates, you know, to God become forbid. more severe. But right. um, I'm hopeful that, you know, the, the scientists know what they're doing. And um, it seems to be, I think, what is it, like 95% success rate? So, yeah, that's what they're saying. <clears throat> this early, early results, but... I think it should be fine. I'm going to be positive about it because what choice do we have? I mean, the alternative is living the way we've been living. And I think that that is more dangerous. Um, I think that the side Yeah, effects, let's talk about the that. The side effects of that. Because there myself, are people who disagree with you. Myself, I was in quarantine for a month in an apartment with a wife and <laughs> Me? four kids. Me? Thanks, man. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but, but like, it's not natural to be home for that long. No, it's not. Also, like, not exercising. And I was like, you know, eating bad food and I ended up having very high blood pressure. I had hypertension. I was 178 over 110. Yeah. And it was pro- it's and, pretty and scary. Like, I just got an EKG. Thank God everything came out clean. Thank I, God. I, I, but, you know, it could have been anxiety. It could have been like just having an anxiety attack. Could be that I just wasn't active and I was having lack of blood circulation or whatever the case may be. But I can see how someone in a worse physical situ- uh, condition... Um, immunocompromised person would really be suffering in this kind of situation and we see like look the suicide rates are going up people are stressed out this is not this can't continue so well so let me just interrupt you for a second because i had this conversation with someone and i told them you know that when i had covid like oh how was it was it really bad i was like to be honest with you i mean i'm always honest um i was like the quarantine was worse than the covid yeah. Like the COVID was like, yes, I had bad body aches. I don't recommend it to anyone. 
I mean, I don't wish it upon my worst enemy, but I took Tylenol. Thank God it didn't, it didn't strike me bad, but the quarantine was much worse for me, much worse for me. I was like, Ben, you, you, you are a witness to it. I like, I had a nervous breakdown. I couldn't handle it anymore. And when I told this to someone, they were like, no, the quarantine is not worse. COVID is so well, much worse. Everybody's experience is different. And, and also like people experience COVID different ways. And obviously it's, you're trying, yeah, to, of save, course. You're, you're trying to save lives. That's the truth. You know, like it's, yeah. about, it's about the elderly. Elderly were, especially at the, you know, at and the that's peak, why we at did the peak what of we COVID. Did. You know, I work for, I work for a nursing home. So I know what it was like. And, um, People, you know, it was definitely a serious. There's no right answer. That's the thing. Like, yeah, nobody has the solution. <clears throat> I don't think it's Donald Trump or Joe Biden. Everybody, we're experiencing this for the first time. It's unprecedented. Or De Blasio. <laughs> no, he, whatever. No yeah, yeah, no comment. <laughs> yeah, but but you know, like he is. I mean, no matter who comes to power, whoever their president is right now, we're not sure who the president is, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be Biden. It's it's Biden. Yeah, Come on. Yeah. But anyway, he, he what like. What kind of solutions will we have? He's figure. He's gonna have to figure it out like anybody else. There's no. We've never dealt with such a thing. So, I'm just hopeful that like, you know, it just gets weaker and weaker. Um and. Amen. And and yeah, and the vaccine is there. But anyway, you know what's what's crazy about this is that, uh, you know, actually I I do want to mention that, um, because this is a topic we wanted to talk about. So like. Do after that health scare that I had, yeah, let's talk I, about the health scare. I, I, I ended up, you know, I didn't know what it was, and I kind of got freaked out. It felt like I was having a heart attack. I actually, like, had felt like I had. You freaked out. I freaked out. Yeah, I felt like <laughs> I felt like someone was sitting on my chest, and that's usually a sign of like. Uh, I was very tingly, so you know, I called my brother-in-law who's in Hatsala, and he checked me out, and he was like, you know, my vitals are okay. I would ask a doctor, you know, try to find, you know, find out what the issue is. But since then, I just decided I'm gonna, I'm not gonna eat any junk. I'm gonna really go natural with food. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna try to be more active. Which was very uh, hard for me. Yeah, like <laughs> I've been going to Trader Joe's and buying all the healthy stuff, and it's very hard for me. Hogging I'm, I'm the addicted. healthy food. Yeah, I'm addicted to. I'm addicted to. Yeah, well now now I've been like eating blueberries. Oh my god! My kids like fight with me. Like, why don't we get the blueberries? I'm like. Because you have a closet full of candy. You well, know? you know what? We also need to have a healthy yeah. food, okay? It's yeah, not yeah, just yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, I, I've been, you know, thank God I feel a lot better. And um, I, yes. had, uh, I think I lost like 15, 20 pounds in the last month. Yeah. And uh, we wanted to discuss, you know, because Karen, I'm sure you guys who listen, you guys know that she's like very, she's not into diet culture. Neither am I. Diets. And I'm right. on a diet. I'm on a lifestyle change. Um, but we were discussing, you know, this, uh, this, uh, celebrity Lizzo. Yeah. That she lost like a lot of weight and she's getting like a Or no, she, it. maybe she hasn't lost it yet, but I know she's starting a diet. Yeah. And this week on her stories, she was just showing the way she was going about losing her weight by eating diet bars and go like having smoothies and doing like inter intermittent fasting, all these like crazy extreme approaches to lose weight and like I just saw through social media so many people like hating on her being upset with her and disappointed and people saying that like oh she succumbed diet culture even got to Lizzo and you know I, I looked at it in a way like I didn't agree 
I didn't agree with, you know, people being upset with Lizzo because I was like, you know what? If Lizzo wants to lose weight, which in my opinion, please, like, I have to like duck for cover right now. I think she needs to. Well, she was morbidly obese. And we see in America, like most of Americans suffer from, you know, diabetes or heart disease and, and obesity. Technically, I'm, I'm, I'm 230 pounds right now. And based on my height, no, based on my height, I'm considered, quote unquote, obese. I'm supposed to be under 200 pounds for my height, according to my doctor, who I just saw today. Yeah, but people say that doctors aren't even no. right with BMI. No, 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 no. BS. So I have high blood sugar as well. And that's bordering, you know, like diabetes and all that stuff. Like, there's no way a, a woman who weighs 400 pounds is healthy. And glorifying that. And I, I understand. Yeah, but the body positivity movement will argue with you and tell you that you cannot say that someone is unhealthy based on their body size. That's what the argument. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, listen, there's, there's like, unfortunately, politics is seeping into science these days also, where. Um, I know it's controversial to say, but like there's a lot of hypocrisy involved and there's a lot of dishonesty involved when it comes to certain aspects of, um, for example, should I get into examples or do you want to get, yeah, in, why not? Get, in, you want to get in trouble or, or not? It's fine. I Listen, this is a podcast and yes. we can talk about things that yeah. other people don't agree with. And just because I'm anti-diets, it doesn't mean I don't look into the other side as well. And like, I don't yeah. agree everyone, with everyone, everything. Everyone's, like, everyone's so concerned with Lizzo's self-esteem when she's 400 pounds. But when she's down to 200 pounds, or like, God forbid we should worry about her self-esteem. Now, I think that we there should be just a balance. Everybody's so extreme these days. Yeah, like, that's what I feel it's like It's okay too. if, yes, I agree. If she's eating all these bars and she's doing something unhealthy and she's promoting unhealthy habits... The opposite to the opposite extreme. That's also not a good thing, but my my problem is like body positivity. For example, I believe that people should be proud. You know, yeah, like be I, proud I, of I'm, your body. I'm, and... I, I'm p- proud of like losing most of the hair on my head and now gaining on my back and growing Persian man boobs. It's part of the process. I'm very proud, but I don't go around flaunting it. You know, I don't I don't go around unzipping my shirt showing my cleavage, but. For example, Lizzo will have like right. She'll she have like ass chaps. Yeah. Front row seat at the Laker game, and just every yeah, time like, out, she has to wiggle it in front of the camera, and like I just criticizing that doesn't make me a racist. It doesn't make me it doesn't a make misogynist. You it doesn't make me anti fatphobic. Fatphobic or whatever you want to call it. Right. It just makes me like somebody who doesn't like. I wouldn't like that if she was ninety pounds and if she yeah. was white and you know what it doesn't make a difference well people in this movement will argue that if someone who was 90 pounds was coming strutting in a bikini you wouldn't say anything about it but because she's 400 pounds it's disgusting it's I vile i disagree i i look at like like you know me i mean i i see people who are like very very skinny and they're like you know they're you could tell they're, they're the stereotypical like model-esque right. kind of yeah girls and just like what is she doing why would she do that to herself and like you know she needs some meat on the bones or whatever it is and that doesn't look healthy um i i just think like everybody i mean some people are just naturally skinny man it's not like okay, yeah fine, but i'm just saying like we we everyone's why do we have to always like prove to everybody like who we are well listen the culture today what is we very self-focused everybody's focused on the self and things are getting a little bit out of whack yeah. Because 
you know... For a long time now. Yeah, listen, like, I think that there's... I mean, I'm not an expert on this topic. I don't even feel comfortable talking about the topic. But, like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a libertarian, so I believe, like, we should stay out of... The government should stay out of people's business. And, and I can care less what people... If they want to do... If they want to get gay, have gay marriage, this is not, like... I'm, I'm a Jew living in America. As much as I'm an American citizen, like, I'm grateful to be in this country. It's not my place to, like, force issues that aren't really, like, it's not my problem. Like, you want to go do that? Go do it. If you want to go do heroin, do right. heroin. That's uh, it's, it's your choice. I mean, no, it's, I, I'm not Please don't you, do heroin. Yeah, <laughs> not, not, not my family members or not people I know, but, like... Anybody... But, like, I believe in people's freedoms and, and you learn from, you know, people have to learn from their mistakes, but I also, I don't believe in, like getting involved in like certain social issues that have nothing to do with you know the big picture and i believe in freedoms i believe that they're obviously they have to draw a line somewhere but i'm not an expert in this topic as well i'm just right. saying that um i have an issue when you know people are trying to force feed certain ideas to me that are anti-scientific onto us like there's like 70 different genders and all that stuff like we can have a discussion about you know what to name um uh third gender or whatever it is that there's a gender fluid or whatever but right. when, when we start like you know like what if some it's not all it's it seems to be only about people's feelings sometimes and i don't know if that's so healthy sometimes you can like you could be doing damage to a person by not getting them let's say if they need help i'm not saying that all of them whatever i'm just saying right. that like yeah. like it's a case by case situation it's a case by case situation that is a very obviously today is a very delicate topic yeah, but people, when they bring up these arguments and they're all emotional about it, they bring up facts. Okay, Rachel Dolezal. Everything's Rachel about Rachel Dolezal facts. was that NAACP, whatever. That right, woman yeah, from like four white. years ago. Right. Yeah, and she was white and she, like, nobody was having it in the black community that she's like, I, I identify with being black, but you're not black. And they had a problem with that. And she, there was cultural appropriation issues and there was all that. So <clears throat> why is that, like... Why is that okay? Why is that not okay? But something else is. Yeah. I don't know. Everything today is just, it seems like we can't have a conversation anymore. It's illegal to have a conversation yeah. anymore. Whereas and like, if we do talk yeah. about these things, it's like, oh my God, how dare you speak about something that is not politically correct? Right. Yeah. Right. Like they'll say like, trust the science, trust the science. But like, there are people who, who talk about like, post-term abortion you know like how that that should be allowed and like when is the fetus actually considered a living you know being and like this is an important discussion we can't just we can't just antagonize each other and attack and cancel each other for having an opinion like i myself i'm maybe not not so informed on these topics so i'm bringing this up on a podcast because i want to have a conversation about it i want to understand you know i learned a lot about racism and whatever it is that because it never occurred to me before yeah so obviously like being exposed to these things over the last year like helped me be a little more sensitive and understanding open-minded but at the same time i'm also like but i'm not a racist and you're not a racist and why does everyone have to feel like we're walking on eggshells when we're really not and we're made to feel like now like we try to never see color now all of a sudden like like they're making us see color. It's like all you have it's to in my see face, and, and that's not what like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X wanted, like for us to to see color. So there's a lot of things that I think today are just getting out of whack. I think a lot of it has to do with the obviously the political climate, social media, 
Um, and I recommend, I highly recommend um, for all of you listeners to read Rabbi Sack's book. Oh, yeah. Morality. Um, I'm not finished with it yet, but... We're um, reading it together yeah. on Shabbat mostly. Yeah. And, and one of the things he talks about is just the, the rise of anti-Semitism on both the far left and the far right. And how there's an overlap, a common denominator, and how they can actually unite... The rise, not of anti-Semitism only, but everything. Yeah, populism, how populism is very dangerous. and um, Extremism. He didn't didn't use anyone by name, but, I mean, people can figure it out. But you can actually, like... Highly recommend this book. Even, I would say, I would recommend even listen to his YouTube conversation with... uh, Barry Barry Weiss. Who's with the New York Times, talking about this subject, anti-Semitism. Very fascinating discussion, and... uh, I don't know, we're getting off topic, but... Yeah. Um, another thing, yeah, that we wanted to discuss was, like, the restaurants that are closing down now um, because due to due to COVID and um, the economy, obviously, I don't know how much we can... Re- they're going to be able to recover. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of them are going to be closed for good. It's very sad. It's very sad. And New York is becoming like a ghost town. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a lot of people we speak to are like one foot out the door. They're looking for... Like, a lot of people are moving to like Arizona or Texas or Florida. Miami. Israel. You know. But Israel is not in any better shape right no, now. No. But people figure, you know, like if I'm going to struggle, I might as well struggle there. That's like, you know, the, the dream of, of most Jews. And... Um, or not most Jews, but many Jews. Um, majority of Jews actually are living in Israel for the first time. So that's a big, that's a big deal. And, um, yeah, it's definitely not better there, but here, like, the taxes are going to go through the roof. Um, cost of living keeps going up. Yeah. And it's very hard to make money. And if you're an Orthodox Jew, it's hard. You have yeshiva tuition. Everything. It's just... Kosher supermarkets. The weather's bad all the time. Um, there's a lot of reasons to not like it. And people you speak to... I speak to friends who are like, I want to move to New Jersey. I want to move to, you know, Texas. I have a friend who moved to Dallas. Yeah, he's and, very happy there. Yeah, he freaking got a like a huge property for dirt cheap, and we hope we don't disturb the people who are like true New Yorkers here. Yeah, yeah. We love New York, but we're just yeah. upset with how things have yeah. been lately. Yeah, and right? um, and obviously, I I also believe that um, picking on like the synagogues and and Jewish schools. Obviously, there are people who are just make, giving us a bad name. But at the same time, I do believe that they're they're pointing fingers at the Jews too much. And in such a difficult time, you know, it's a very, it's a dangerous thing. It's not. Yeah. It's it's not good. It's And actually, we're, we're seeing right now that... Seeing so much COVID blaming on... Not just that. Just, there's always another reason to blame the Jews. But like... Yeah. We, something hit close to home recently. With, yeah. Uh, very North scary. Shore, North Shore Hebrew Academies... We don't send our kids there, and we have, but we have relatives and friends who send their kids there, and it can happen to any school. But they got hacked, the whole system, and it's been it was in the news today. I'm sure many of you saw it, but um, it, you know they basically put up all these swastikas and Nazi like, images, Nazi images, and nasty words. And, they hacked like everybody's accounts. Yeah, it's just a like, it's a scary thing. That, that means that these these. Like, anti-Semitism is on the rise. We know that. But, like, we live in our own little bubble. But here and there, it rears its ugly head. And we see that it's there. And it's very close to us. And they're paying attention. They're just looking at 
wealthy Jewish communities, and obviously we can never feel too comfortable. So that was not pleasant. Um, anyway, 2020 has been very challenging overall. And you know what's crazy? Do you think 2021 is going to be any better, Ben? I mean, I don't know how it can get any worse, but <laughs> I'm trying to be positive and uh, I'm, I'm optimistic. Um, but you know what's crazy? This is the subject I think a lot of people in our community just like, in the Jewish community, scoff at because it's not like part of our tradition. And yeah, people don't talk about this at all. But but like I think the second biggest story, or maybe even the biggest story of twenty twenty that nobody's talking about. Nobody is the whole aliens and UFO phenomenon. Like UFOs are being since two thousand eight. I don't think the media like, is talking about it enough. No, the, yeah, the, mm. you, you can find you'll find places in the media where they talk about it. But the the thing is, like for the first time ever, the New York Times had an article about Commander David Fravor, the, the U.S. Army pilot, and his his colleagues were fo- following UFO and they recorded it. And the Pentagon basically acknowledged that this was a UFO and there's something that they can't explain. <coughs> and also the Pentagon had a story that they confirmed. And the, the wording they used was so crazy. It was like, we have, um, it was something, I mean, I'm paraphrasing it, but it was like, we are in possession of vehicles that are not of this world, not of this planet. And I'm just like, and then like the next news article, just like, you know, cat gets lost in tree or whatever it is. Like, I'm like, what? How are we just like going over that and just like pretending that we didn't just read that? Okay, so yeah. I'm going to say this and I don't care if I'm going to be ridiculed, but like two weeks ago we were driving, <laughs> we were yeah, driving we to Queens and all of a sudden, like, I saw something in the sky, and I didn't really think much of it. I don't know why I didn't think much of it. I just, like, saw this shining, like, white... We have a picture, also. I have a picture, but, like, for some reason, it didn't catch it, 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 it in it, its it, element. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, was, it was, like, a pointy, large... So element. I was, like, looking at it, and then Ben's like, Karen, did you see that? I'm like, wait, what? What? What are you talking about? And you're like, that like pointing. And we're still looking at it. And we're, for two minutes. We're and I was like, oh, wait, that's something. Yeah. I thought that was like something normal. It was bigger than a plane. And it was, it was standing vertically, but it was like kind of hovering and not moving. And it was near like where the sun was. So it was hard to stare at it. But it was right. It's hard it to take like, a picture of it. It was metallic. And it was just floating there. And I'm like, Karen, I thought driving. it was like part of a cloud. Yeah, I'm like, Karen, no, that, that's, that's not. That's not a cloud. And I'm like, look, it's like, it's shiny, it's silver. And the cars and, in front of us were yeah, stopping too. Yeah, everyone was slowing to look down. At it. And then like we, I was like, take a picture, take a picture. And of course, like she was like fumbling her phone. <laughs> I was and like, She what? took a really bad picture. <laughs> but anyway, the trees kind of like covered part of it. But you have to you find it. You can see it. Like if you zoom in, you see what it is. And, and then it just like took off and just disappeared. Now, we could say maybe it's confirmation bias and like, wishful thinking maybe we just maybe it was a hot air balloon there was definitely wasn't but maybe there's some explanation and it was our first sighting that uh that we think we had but you know maybe we're just paranoid and and what we we do know people who have yeah we know we know a few people um i won't mention their names but one specific case where there were i think 10 witnesses so a bunch of their friends an old older this was before couples. social media. Yeah, this is like 15 years ago. And it was in Great Neck. And it was on the, I think it was on a Saturday night. And their vivid explanation of the size of this thing. It was probably a few hundred feet off the ground. 
It was hovering. It was this this person described it as the size of Shea Stadium, <laughs> like covering like most of the, the vis- yeah the visible sky. And it had like lights coming down, kind of like the way it was described on in Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind in that movie. I want to see the that movie now. <laughs> and, um, and then it just like like in two seconds just took off. And was like hovering over a different part of the sky. Why did you believe that person? Because this person wouldn't make it up. And there were other witnesses that I asked who were there who saw the exact same thing. So, and that they wouldn't make this up because it's just not their nature. And like, ever since then, I kind of. No, we know other people that also saw something. I I listen to Joe Rogan a lot and Lex Friedman and different podcasts. And like, they bring on these physicists, scientists, um, incredible, credible astronauts, credible. Um, Air Force people, Commander David Fravor is the most credible in the Pentagon technology. I recommend everybody listen to his episodes. Um, but it's just find it to be fascinating. Now, yeah. in terms of Jew- Jewish culture, um, do we and Jewish religion is is it a problem? Is it problematic to believe in such a thing? And I know I remember I can't try to find that. Rabbi Arya Kaplan yes, has a whole article. It about or it was like, it's in his book yeah it was in one of his books about like there's no there's no problem believing that such a thing exists and there are many midrashim or like different jewish sources obscure ones that point to the possibility of it um and i think obviously the torah is the torah is basically concerned with what's happening on earth not it's not concerned unlike other religions with what's happening in the afterlife and it's not concerned with Things that are even happening in Australia. It's mostly focused on Israel. So there's no kangaroos mentioned, but you know, or there's 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 uh, you know specific things to the Near Eastern region that are mentioned, and the land of Israel is the main focus. It doesn't bring up, you know, life outside of this planet. You could say the Nephilim and all these kind of you could speculate, but really that's not the focus of it. And I don't think there would would be a problem to believe in such a thing because the universe is enormous i mean right it's like people don't understand we live in the milky way yeah it's not even like uh in 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 quantum physics just to give you guys like a visual understanding of like what it is like we see things on a microscopic level if we use a microscope right we see all these um microbes and these little things we can see things on the atomic level or some subatomic level and they're almost worlds within worlds like the cell is almost like um, the sun and planets orbiting the sun, in a way, and every t- every every time you you the the magnification goes out, you know, f- the the uh, like there's another world. Yeah. And that's the that's the quant that's that's the theory of the quantum physics, right? So like, the further out you go, and the more you you are looking from a distance, like, let's say for example, if we go into space, the Earth becomes a speck. So it's that's kind of how the world is. The world is enormous. It just, it's almost it's not infinite. It's finite, but it's 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 crazy. It's crazy how big it is. So, for example, we live in the Milky Way galaxy, and um, our solar system, which is the system of planets that rotate around our sun, okay, are um, like oh sorry oh wow we talked for a long time okay we're gonna wrap it up soon. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just. It's very late, and we're just like. No, just, we're having our guys over here in this podcast with BK. We're on our couch. Right we're, now. we're just chilling. Ben is talking about science, <laughs> history, Judaism. 
Yeah. Everything. Yeah, and like, uh, <laughs> whatever. My point, I don't even know what I was going to say. But, oh. The Milky Way galaxy. Yeah, yeah, so I'm saying like the Milky Way galaxy, <laughs> just to give you guys, like to freak you out about the size of the universe. And it's amazing because it makes you understand like the greatness of God. And that's why the Rambam says, if you want to understand, one way of understanding Judaism and Torah is appreciating the world that God, look out in the world. Don't just, don't just yeah. look, look at God's creation. Um, yeah. And we don't do it enough. Contemplating God. But yeah, but like if you look at, like um, I'll tell you something that's fascinating. We'll end with this. Um, the Hubble telescope yes. was, and I showed Karen like a video of this, is that there was a telescope that basically was in, you know, in space and kind of focused on one empty, what we would look at as an empty black spot in space where nothing really visible to the human eye, just all black. Um, this telescope just took pictures for 10 days focusing on this black spot and just all its filters were you know looking deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into the into space and it took a picture and in this picture there were all these white like millions of little white specks like looks like little stars but actually they discovered that all those whites that when they zoomed in, all those white specks were actually spiral galaxies just like our Milky Way. That's, that's insane. Just, that's just one spot. Yeah. So they calculate that there's, I don't know, probably trillions of galaxies. So the possibility of oh life, God. the possibility of life in other planets is mathematically a certainty. Mm. Just the probability alone is just, obviously there's life elsewhere. Of course. The question is whether... We're just so planet. focused on our small planets. Yeah. So, and then this Israeli... Um, you know, last week it was this Israeli. Uh, yeah, the scientist. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, he's a professor. I think he was like head of their space station or their. Space yeah, it was on Jerusalem <laughs> Post or something. Yeah, and he was basically saying how there's a galactic federation and like I, I don't know that part to me was already like too wacky, but um, um, he and he's like just so happens he's selling a book, so I don't know how. Okay. How much I'll, I'll buy into it, but it's weird because now it's it seems like all these different. Um, you know bodies like the like the pentagon like yeah the, the since the pentagon's like being open about it yeah, it's just weird like why why it's just so weird like what else we want to add to 2020 god yeah, i think they're just like trying to I throw things know, out just... there to mess with us and be like let's see how much people will notice like it's funny got you yeah it's it's really crazy april fools yeah so um we didn't even get a chance to talk we wanted to talk about other things but next time i think we have some other maybe topics. we'll do this Another time, we'll make this a more frequent yeah. episode, podcast and that we we're doing. And from you guys, like, we want to talk about, like, current events. We don't want it to be so heavy and serious like this one. Yeah, you know, tell honestly, us what you guys want to talk about. Yeah. And BK and KK will come up with another session. Yeah, we were, talk <laughs> we, we were thinking of talking about, like, shows we're watching. Right now, we finished The Queen's Gambit. That was a great show. But Books we're, we're reading. Books we're reading. And um, what else did we want to say? Uh, Just current events. Yeah, current events. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle and that whole disaster. <laughs> um, things like that. If you guys want us to talk about that, I think it'll be fun. And that Ben and I don't agree on everything, which this is part of the podcast. Yeah. You don't have to agree with everything we speak about. You don't have to agree with all the guests. But it's just to open your mind and your eyes to a new perspective and a new world in order to enrich your life with a new experience. So... Yeah. Thank you guys for being here you guys. and listening. And we're sorry if we 
rambling on and didn't make much sense. No, this was great. At times, but like, we're like... I so, learned a lot. We're both like exhausted at this hour. And <laughs> I, I don't know how much sense it made, but we're looking forward to doing this more often. If you guys want to hear it more, we're probably going to try to do it like maybe once a month to start off. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to Soul Sessions with KK. The goal of this podcast is to awaken your soul to different perspectives, perspectives that might be very, very different from yours. And I really, really admire the quote from Pierre K. Avot, Ethics of the Fathers, that says, who is wise? The one who learns from others. That is the goal of this show, for us to learn from other people, because that's what makes us wiser and better people. Anyway, it would mean the world to me if you can leave a review on my podcast. And also, if you want to learn more about what I do, you can check out my Instagram page at coach.kk. See you later.